This is the Hockey Podcast Network, your home for hockey talk on every team in the NHL. everyone, welcome to the Bolts Broadcast, a brand new hockey podcast, all about the Tampa Bay Lightning as a part of the new Hockey Podcast Network. My name is Mike Mitchelson, and joining me today, Hiccups himself, Chase Crawshaw. How you doing today, Chase? Doing swell, Mr. Three-Take Intro. How are you? I am doing phenomenal, and you know, may have took three tries, but the fans are only going to hear the beauty and glory of the correct take so it's, it's all part of the world it's a part of the, the the podcasting world so uh you know sometimes chase messes up every two seconds and i gotta you know just take that out but it's all right yeah yeah that's what happens yeah all right chase thursday episode today and we we're talking about or last thursday we talked about how maybe we'd cover the trade deadline like it was a probability but at the same time, we didn't know how many trades were going to get done. Uh, yeah, a lot of trades got done. So today, definitely a trade deadline recap. Uh, we're going to be doing just a couple tiny pieces of news before we get into it. Uh, then we'll get a new poll out there and then a hockey name of the day, and that'll end the episode. But yeah, Chase, a uh, giant trade deadline day. I don't think I expected anything close to that. And honestly, I was kind of upset because... I had classes all day, so I wasn't able to really sit down and uh, watch, you know, TSN's Trade Center coverage, but it's been quite staggering to me how many trades happened. Yeah, it, it was a really large sum. I thought it was going to be it was gonna be a, a fairly active deadline, like nothing out of the ordinary, nothing more than normal, uh, but, you know, we saw, if I'm not mistaken, a record number. Uh, so, yeah, it was a hectic deadline. I got to sit down and watch most of the Trade Center stuff through the day. I didn't really get to watch, like, after the deadline was over. I didn't really get to watch them talk about all the moves, all that type of stuff. But I watched it as all the trades are going down. Uh, you know, there there were some possible, like, big rumor trades, like a like a Parise trade, which is just so big with that contract that never, you know, came to fruition. Uh, but regardless, still a ton of big trades, still a bunch of names moving around. Yeah, most definitely. All right, Chase, let's first hop into two pieces of news real quick. Actually, I'm going to extend it to uh, one more after these first two. But these first two are both about our Tampa Bay Lightning. First off, our captain, Steven Stamkos, goes down with an injury. Yeah, so this happened in the game against Toronto. Uh, not really sure where he got injured on the play. You know, I, I missed it. I tried looking up to see how I missed it, if like you know, like where I missed it at, but it still seems a little little kind of unknown exactly how the injury happened. Uh, so we shall see how our Tampa Lightning continue with or without him for the next few possible days. Uh, hopefully it's nothing too serious. Yeah, most definitely. And then next we move on to Zach Bogosian. We talked about him uh, a little bit in the last episode. Talked about how, hey, maybe our Tampa Bay Lightning can go out there and make a push for him. Well, that's exactly what they did. They came in late and stole them away from Pittsburgh, Arizona, and I don't remember the other team. Carolina. Carolina. Yeah, I mean, you're just a fortune teller, Michael. What can I say? Yeah, I mean, 
that's just me. Uh, stay tuned for next Monday's episode when I predict us to go lossless the rest of the season. So. All right, I'm, I'm good with that. All right, and then, Chase, last thing I want to talk about before we hop into that trade deadline coverage is Chris Kreider. He gets a brand-new deal. He was the number one name out there for the free or the uh, the trade deadline tracker. He was the number one name out there. He gets a new deal. He stays in New York. And then Igor Shosturkin and Pavel Buchnevich, they unfortunately got in a car accident. I think it was Sunday night. And uh, Shosturkin... He is week-to-week. Buchnevich, he was practicing and was listed day-to-day. Uh, but unfortunate that happened. Hopefully both recover to 100% quite quickly. Uh, but very lucky that you know nothing more serious than this happened. Yeah, absolutely. It's definitely a good thing that you know it seems to be pretty minor injuries. Uh, two young, talented players. Uh, so, yeah, hopefully the best for them. Hopefully nothing too serious and then good for Kreider. You know, I, I, I had a feeling it, like it'd be possible he'd, he'd get re-signed instead of traded. Uh, I wasn't like sold on him being number one on the trade uh, bait board. So it's, it's not too surprising to me that he got that contract. Alrighty. So Chase, we now move on to the trade deadline talk. And first up, I think really the trade that kicked it all off. Uh, and not all of these are going to be on trade deadline day. For example, uh, this one we're going to talk about was on February 21st. Chase, you and I were on our way to Bubba's to get some burgers when this trade happened. And this is Andre. I'm going to say Case. I know Chase hates it, but Andre Case goes to the Boston Bruins. Uh, and in return, the Anaheim Ducks receive David Backus, Axel Anderson, and a 2020 first-round pick. I, I'd say it, it ends up being a deal that works out pretty well for both sides. So Anaheim, like, sure, they got to move out. You know, uh, like a relatively young player who's like, who's a good NHLer, which sucks, but they get a first-round pick out of the deal. They get Axel Anderson, who's a good prospect, and then sure they got the Davis Backus contract, but that's part of the return that they got. That's just the way it works. And you get that David Backus contract is going to allow for Boston to be able to sign Tory Krug here uh, coming in this offseason. So they are in a good spot cap-wise now. So I'd say it's a deal that works out pretty well for both sides. Yeah, I agree with you. And when the first or when the trade was first announced, we didn't know Axel Anderson was in there. So I was thinking, man, Boston got a a pretty good deal there, only giving up a first, which will likely be you know like an early second, uh, because of how far they. Uh, or I assume they will get in playoffs. And then David Backus, that contract is just gross, and they don't need him on the team. So I thought they won the trade at first. Uh, Axel Anderson goes over. I think it's pretty even. Uh, I think Boston uh, is probably going to get the better, better end of the trade, though, when it comes to you know where that pick's going to be and how Axel Anderson pans out. I think Boston kind of takes the advantage when we look towards the future, but who knows. Yeah, I'm kind of the same boat there if I had to pick one or another. All right, Chase, we now move on to February 23rd, and the trade deadline was on February 24th. So this one takes place just before the trade deadline, and this was between the Capitals and the Canadians. Ilya Kovalchuk, he's on the move again. He goes over and joins Evgeny Kuznetsov and Alex Ovechkin, some other Russian forwards. It was weird that he said Kuznetsov first. It was a little weird. But uh, regardless, Kovey goes to Washington for 2023rd round pick. Uh, from like the rumors that came out, or the, not necessarily the rumors, but from what uh, Mark Bergevin said, apparently he had better offers for Kovalchuk than a third. 
but he wants him to a contending team. So the two teams that he was going to go to, other like counting the Canadians, so it was Canadian or the Capitals, excuse me. So it was the Capitals and the Bruins, and he ended up choosing the Capitals. Bergman gave him that choice. So apparently there was some better offers, though, but Bergman made sure to send him to a true contender, and Kovalchuk's very thankful for that. He was speaking really highly of the Canadians. He says free agents should try going there. It's a you know, world-class organization. So maybe Kovalchuk goes back there in the summer, and maybe that's you know a good driving force for the Canadians this offseason. That's very interesting because we heard a, another little piece of news about a possible trade that could have happened between the Canadians and the Carolina Hurricanes that just didn't come to fruition. Uh, Bergevin wasn't a fan of it. So uh, let's bring that up now. Uh, I think it's a little weird that you wouldn't want to get the most out of every trade piece, but who knows. Uh, so, yeah, the trade that I was just mentioning there a little bit is it was rumored that the Carolina Hurricanes offered Jake Bean and a first-round pick for Jeff Petrie, and they said no. Yeah, that's just mind-blowing to me because Jeff Petrie, like, he, he's a good NHLer, but where Montreal is right now, like, do they need him? Probably not. Like, they could fare way better getting a young stud prospect defenseman and a decent first round pick. I, you know, I, I feel like that would be much better. I feel like the value would be much more in their favor, but a to each their own, I guess. Yeah, I agree with you on, I mean, Jeff Petrie or Jeff Petrie, what, what's he at now? Like 32 years old, 33. Yeah. He's getting up there in age and this has by far been the best season of his career. He hasn't been, you know, a phenomenal defenseman his whole entire career. So I'm not really sure why they didn't do it, but Hey, uh, some some weird stuff happening there, front office in Montreal. All right, Chase, we now move on to the next trade. We're going to talk about the Edmonton Oilers and the Detroit Red Wings. Uh, Mike Green is leaving Detroit, going to Edmonton on the way back. Kyle Brodziak and a fourth round or a conditional fourth round pick. Not a huge trade, but a name that was, you know, very big in the hockey world just, you know, two, three years ago. Yeah, so this was the first official trade deadline day trade it happened you know just after midnight going into february 24th so technically it counts uh not not much in uh going and return to detroit for this mike green's guy who's kind of at the end of his career you know former 30 plus goal scorer as a defenseman former first round pick uh you know his best days are way behind him but edmonton gets a cheap little get and if they go on a run and end up you know doing well in the playoffs and maybe winning the cup that fourth will become a third and that'll end up being a pretty good deal for them. Uh, but regardless, I think, you know, it's not too much of like a big move. And the Broadsy Act's just a contract eat type thing. Yeah, exactly. And we see Ken Holland dip into his former team, go into that player pool and grab a guy that, you know, he liked when he was there in Detroit. And that won't be the last time this trade deadline. Uh, but let's move on to the next trade, Chase. Uh, you got Vladislav Nemesnikov uh, going to Colorado for a fourth-round pick. I don't think that's very big. We'll move on to the next one up. And this is between the Ottawa Senators and the New York Islanders. J.G. Peugeot goes over to the Islanders. He does get a new contract as well when he gets to the Isle. And then on the way back to Ottawa, you get a 2020 conditional first-round pick, a 2020 second-round pick, and a 2022 conditional third-round pick. Yeah, and so the conditions, that 2021st is top three protected. That probably won't happen, so don't worry about that. And then the 2022 third-round pick, that is only conditional if they win the Stanley Cup this year. And that probably won't happen too. So you can just throw that pick out. So pretty much it becomes a 
first round pick and second round pick this year for JG Pajot, who did sign a contract with the Senators or with the Islanders, excuse me, immediately after being traded. Uh, he's making a thirty million total over six years. That's five million per season, which is a, a fair deal. Uh, I I'd say this one is going to work out well for both teams. It's it's good for the Senators who have a ton of picks now in these next couple drafts. They're going to have three first round picks in this draft alone more likely than not. So uh, it's great for a rebuilding team. And then this is a really good deadline move for a playoff team for the Islanders. Yeah, I don't like, I don't know. I, I don't hate it, but at the same time, I just feel like a first and a second and a conditional third for JG Peugeot is a little much. But then again, if you look at the moves that have happened thus far with Coleman Zucker, is another move that we're going to talk about here in the upcoming minutes that involve our Tampa Bay Lightning. Uh, you know, this trade doesn't look as bad to me. Uh, like, I don't mind it, but I, I like Ottawa's side better. I, I think it, it works out well for both teams, and in perspective to a lot of the other trades, it's a pretty fair deal. All right, next up, Chase, we look at the Carolina-Florida move, and this was Vincent Trocek leaving the Sunshine State to head over to Carolina, and Carolina trades over to Florida. Eric Halla, Lucas Walmark, E2 Lusterinen, and Chase Prisky. This one was, this one was weird. I, I definitely did not see Trocek being moved here, uh, like, to Carolina. I thought, you know, there was a possibility he could be moved. I just... I never saw anything about Carolina possibly being a destination. I never really thought about Carolina being a destination, but uh, you know, if it's a a pretty solid return. Uh, so, you know, sucks for Halla leaving a contending team going to Florida, who's in a weird spot right now. But then they got you know Lucas Walmart's a decent young depth player too, and then two prospects. Uh, I'd say it's a trade that at the end of the day though I still like better for the Hurricanes. I think Trocheck is a legit like top six center, you know, like more of a second line role, but can be very productive offensively and defensively at a pretty good price. Yeah, I agree with you. I favor the Carolina Hurricanes side as well. I mean, just, uh, I don't know if it was last year or the year before, Vincent Trocek exploded and looked really good playing in the NHL, having a little bit of a down year in comparison this year. But uh, yeah, he's a stud and he's really looking to rebound uh, with a new change of scenery here. Yes, sir. All right, Chase. Next, we talk about the Penguins and the San Jose Sharks. The Penguins send a third-round pick over to San Jose for Patrick Marlowe. Yeah, and that third will become a second if the Penguins win the Cup. Patrick Marlowe is getting a chance to go try to win a Stanley Cup. Still has yet to get one. Uh, Penguins were his favorite team growing up, so it's a cool little thing for him. Uh, you know, if, if he can win a championship, they're great for him. I'd rather our Tampa Lightning win the championship, win the Cup this year. But, uh, you know, he he's, he's really wants to get that championship after being so loyal to San Jose for so many years. Yeah, and Patrick Marlowe, I mean, he's been through it all. I mean, he's had a career spanning over 15 years. He's won individual trophies, just has not captured that Stanley Cup yet. So he tries to do that with Pittsburgh. Uh, personally, on the trade, though, I think uh, if they win a cup, then it's not a big deal to lose a second but at the same time, a third for Patrick Marlowe, who I don't think could even slot into the top three lines for Pittsburgh personally when it comes to minute-wise. I think they got a lot of other players over there that will take priority over Marlowe. Uh, not the biggest fan. I think San Jose takes it slightly. Uh, Marlowe really hasn't been the same since, you know, two, three years ago. 
I don't see this trade as too much. I see it more as Pittsburgh adding a veteran piece to the locker room, so someone who they can try to rally around and win the Stanley Cup, kind of like, you know, like try to win it for Ray Bork in Colorado, try to win it for Marion Hosa in Detroit and Pittsburgh both, even though he failed both times there uh, and ended up getting in Chicago ultimately. So, you know, it's, it's just the kind of thing like, all right, let's rally and try to get this cup for this veteran. Maybe it's just kind of like a rallying piece. And for a third-round pick, possibly a second, that, that's worth it. Gotcha. All right, Chase, we now move on to a trade between the Boston Bruins, the Anaheim Ducks, another one. Nick Ritchie is going over to Boston. Danton Heinen heads over to Anaheim. Yeah, this was – a little weird. I think Heinen just wasn't really the right fit in Boston anymore. So Nick Ritchie will come and play a little more of their games. Not going to provide the offense necessarily, uh, but Ducks get a, a nice guy who he, he, like Heinen can play wing or center, so you, you can kind of work around with him. He's still got a lot of years left, possibly in the NHL, as long as he doesn't continue to slip as he kind of has been for the last like two years. But he's still really young, so I'm I'm not too concerned about it. Uh, I, I'd say it works out for both teams at the end of the day. Yeah, I don't think there's a clear winner here. Both guys struggled a little bit in their current system. Give them a new change of scenery. We saw that with the Julian Gauthier trade. So uh, we'll see what happens. Hopefully it works out for both teams and both players. All right, Chase, we now move on to two Edmonton trades. We'll first talk about Tyler Ennis heading over to Edmonton for a fifth-round pick. Yeah, that's yeah, that's a pretty cheap price. A fifth-round pick isn't really too much, in, uh, especially in 2021 for like some really some help on the wing because McDavid's been playing with absolute dust buckets all season. He's had nobody to help him. And not like Ennis is a savior or a great, like unreal player by any means, but he, you know, he's a good solid player who ended up playing on a line with him and a name that we will mention here coming up soon in their first game. And they, and then both the new players got two points. So, you know, it's working out pretty well. I'd say this trade is going to be very good for Edmonton and then Ottawa, you know, they're, just a dumpster so they need all the picks they can get so that's fine either way yeah I've always been a fan of Tyler Ennis back when he was in Buffalo uh, a little bit smaller guy but very fast and can put the puck in the back of the net so I, I've liked him and for a fifth that's a uh, pretty good value there and that other name Chase you were talking about that would be Andreas Athanasio he comes over from Detroit to Edmonton Edmonton gives up Sam Gagne and a second round pick for both 2020 and 2021 yeah, so this trade is a very this is a very good one for both teams in my opinion. I think that AA will go perfectly uh, play on the wing as he did already for McDavid. You know, someone that can finally match his speed. Uh, AA sh- shown some flashes of being a good player, but it's kind of having a down year as everybody is in Detroit. Uh, so ho- hopefully, you know, he can kind of revitalize, rejuvenate his career there. Uh, Tough for Sam Gagne, though, getting traded away from a contender to the worst team in the league. You know, he was drafted by Edmonton. He was in the second stint there. He's been working so hard. He could work his way back up to the NHL just to get shipped off. Uh, so that's tough for him. But I'd say the value for both sides works out. It would have been nice if Detroit could have gotten a higher pick, maybe try to get a first-round pick out of that with, like, a third or fourth also. But at the end of the day, two seconds is still solid. Yeah, I agree. And Chase, as you mentioned, both Athanasio and Ennis had two points each in last night's game, their first game on the same line as McDavid. McDavid also bagged three points. So seven points from that first line of those three. That's pretty impressive. Looks like Drysaddle and McDavid may not be the only ones producing for that Edmonton team as we go into the future. Yes, sir. 
All right, Chase, next up, we've got the Pittsburgh Penguins acquiring Connor Sheary and Evan Rodriguez for Dominic Cahoon, who heads over to Buffalo. This is a bit of a weird one for me. Uh, Pittsburgh's, you know, they're going back and reacquiring Connor Sheary, someone who had a lot of success with them before, has won the cup with them. And Evan Rodriguez, who he's a good depth scorer. He can play center or wing. Uh, he can kind of play up and down the line, whatever you need to do. But give it up Dominic Cahoon, who is a – very young and talented player who is he's the best player in this trade for sure. He's the most valuable player in this trade. Uh, you know, he, he's he's very he's a really talented guy. He's someone who I've wanted to come back over to North America. So he played in the OHL a little bit, uh, didn't really like succeed too much, went over to Germany, dominated. I wanted him to come back over like the Olympic season, like before that year, and then he ended up having a great season once the Olympics dominated and then you know came over for the next season for Chicago and has shown how good he's been. So I think Buffalo gets a really nice play here, someone that they really need to help kind of rebuild their future, a nice young talent who they can probably sign for relatively cheap. Yeah, and Chase, I told you this about the Penguins. I think it's super weird because it just seems like they're going out there accumulating depth that may not even play for them. We talked about Patrick Barlow, and then you, you replace Dominic Cahoon with Connor Sheary, which I think Cahoon is better, although Connor Sheary has had history with the Penguins, has been really good with the Penguins, helped them win the Stanley Cup. So who knows, that might not be the case. Sheary may be better than Cahoon in this certain situation. But then you add Rodriguez, who I think, I mean, you got McCann, you got Bukestad, you got Malkin, you got Crosby, you got a lot of good centers there. So Rodriguez goes in and, you know, is a depth center. I don't I don't really get why they're acquiring so much depth. And I even told you, it kind of seems like there may be an injury we don't know about because they've acquired a ton of depth on trade deadline day, which again, like I said, doesn't even seem like they may play. Yeah, it's interesting. You know, it's very possible. Uh, but at the end of the day, you just want to be as deep as possible when you're going into the playoffs. Just like if, if you can, you might as well. So I think that's kind of the play that Pittsburgh took here, like, you know, we kind of get deeper, so we might as well. It's, it's not like Cahoon is just like a top six dynamo for them with the way their roster kind of shakes out, the way everything works out. Uh, and then especially if they get like, if somehow Gensel is able to come back for at any point in the season, like in the playoffs, then that even pushes Cahoon down and even creates more depth on the team. So I think they're just trying to be as deep as possible and just be prepared for any injury. So they don't have to like replace an NHL player with an AHL level player. Yeah, it makes sense. But, I don't know. Just rubs me the wrong way. All right, Chase. Next, we hit on another Carolina Hurricanes trade. Seems like they're just constantly in the trade tracker here, which they are. Uh, So the Carolina Hurricanes acquire Sammy Vatanen from the New Jersey Devils. On the way back, you got Yanni Kuokkanen, Frederick Clayson, and a conditional fourth-round pick. I heard you call them the Hurricanes. I heard that. But yeah. uh, <laughs> regardless, uh, I, th- I think this is a, a pretty nice deal for the Canes. Uh, like Kukunen and Clayson are like fine. Kukunen still still a pretty young guy. He's and he's got a lot of experience already playing pro over North America. Uh, I think he's good enough to play for the Devils the rest of the season and see what they do with that. Who knows? Probably they probably won't probably just leave him in the AHL. Let him do his thing since they're going to be done pretty soon here, quick. Uh, but getting Vat in for that like f- conditional fourth. I don't remember the exact conditions. I know it's, it's a health related thing, like playing a certain amount of games, uh, but that works out really well for the Canes who lost Hamilton and Pesci to injury. Yeah, I agree. I, I prefer the side of the hair Queens as well. Uh, now that's just going to oh, be I a like thing that now. Thank you. Oh, uh, that's good. 
All right, next up, Chase, we got the Vegas Golden Knights acquiring Robin Lehner for Malcolm Subban, Slava Demon, and a 2020 second-round pick, which was originally Pittsburgh's pick. This one was a little weird. I know Flurry's not having, like, you know, a great year. Like, it's not like he's doing bad. It's not like he's just having, like, an unreal year, though, either. I know this is just kind of depth support. You can kind of split these guys the rest of the way, and then whoever's better come playoff time will just play. I have no issue with that. And Malcolm Subban was having a really tough year, so maybe a change of scenery will be good for him. Uh, so it, it's a little it's a little weird. It's a little steep for our rental, which, like, this is going to clearly be a rental. I, I don't think they're moving on from Flurry, and they're not going to keep Flurry and Leonard. Leonard's good enough to be a, a full-fledged starter somewhere. So it, it's a little much for a rental, but I do like it in terms of what it could mean for their, like, playoff run. Yeah, and – for or when this trade was first announced, it was just Robin Liner for Malcolm Subban. That was the only thing we saw when it was first announced. And I'm like, what the heck is Chicago doing? Um, but yeah, uh, Robin Liner, I think he's a good goalie. He comes in for, you said a little too much. I don't mind it at all. I mean, if you look at the goaltending situations in the East here, which you and I both think an East team is going to win the Stanley Cup just because of how good the East has been. You got Vasilevsky, who's a Vesna talented goalie, a Vesna caliber goalie. You got Tuka Rask, who's in that same category. Then you look at the Penguins. You got Murray and Jari, two solid goaltenders there. You go over to Washington. You got Braden Holpe, who's great, having a little bit of a down year in comparison to what he usually does, but that's totally fine because you got Ilya Samsonov there too. So, you have so many good goalies, either the top of the league type goalies or two starting caliber goalies uh, with Pittsburgh and Washington there. So Vegas brings in another starting caliber goalie. I think it helps them a lot, and I don't think it's that steep. Like It should help them. Like, if they were going to make this move, I wish they would have made it a little earlier in the season to help them because that would be a lot more help. I have them for just the last, like, you know, 18 games and say he at most plays nine of them. Like, that's only nine games that he's really helping out. Uh, so like if they would have made it earlier, I think it would have made more sense with this value, but it's not bad. I I'm just really surprised that Carolina wasn't the team that made the trade for Robin Leonard, especially losing both your goalies to injury in the same day. I, that that was really shocking to me. Yeah, I agree with you there. All right, Chase. Next, uh, not a huge trade, but a name I know you and I both love: Sonny Sonny Milano going over to the Anaheim Ducks for Devin Shore going back to the Blue Jackets. Yeah, this is just kind of a change of scenery type trade for both guys. Devin Shore is the older of the two, uh, so not really. Uh, like, I guess it'd probably be more of being in favor of a playoff run like Columbus is trying to hopefully make somehow, amazingly make after their horrible offseason. Uh, so you're just having a little more experience to help out that. But Sonny Miles, a, a kid who's got a ton of talent. He has some sick hands. He scored a couple of sick goals already at the NHL. I think he's got potential to be like a you know middle six to top six scorer. Uh, he's he's kind of getting there. He's kind of putting it together. So hopefully Anaheim's the place where it really kicks off for him. Yeah, I agree. I love Sonny Milano. He was a former 16th overall pick by the Columbus Blue Jackets. I hope he figures it out there. The one thing I'm nervous about is Daniel Sprawn came over to Anaheim to try to figure out there because he couldn't really put it together on Pittsburgh. He was not able to figure out in Anaheim. Hopefully it's a different case for Sonny Milano here. The next trade we talk about here is the Carolina Hurricanes. Again, they get Brady Shea from the New York Rangers for a 2020 first-round pick. This is one I don't get at all from the Rangers side. 
I'm a huge Brady Shea fan. I know he's not having the season that he had his rookie year, even the last two years, they have been kind of trending down. But he's still a, a really young player. He's really great two-way. Like He's going to provide you a lot of offense. He's going to be sound defensively. Uh, so it, it just and he's, he's on a solid contract, in my opinion, too. So I, it was a little weird to me, especially with the Rangers. You know, like They're playing well. I, I thought they were a team coming into the year. They were going to be like three, four years out from competing. But the way they've been playing, I thought, okay, maybe just a year or two. But now that they traded away Brady Shea, a, a big piece of their team, in my opinion, I think that, that maybe adds an extra year onto it. It's it's an interesting move. Uh, I, I I think it's a, a big win for the Canes, in my opinion. It's, it's just It was really weird to me. Yeah, most definitely. And then the Carolina Hurricanes, they're going to have the option of deciding which of their own first-round picks will go to the New York Rangers. So they have theirs, and then the Toronto Maple Leafs, they'll get to choose which one goes to the New York Rangers. Uh, I agree with you. I think it is a big win for the Hurricanes. And now with uh, if Pesci and Hamilton come back, I think you have the best decor in the league possibly there. Um, But... I think New York could have had possibly the best decor in the league if they didn't get rid of Brady Shea. I mean, Brady Shea, Jacob Truba, that could be, uh, you know, your top two for the foreseeable future. But then you got Tony D'Angelo, who's still very young and having one of his best or by far his best season of his career so far. You got Adam Fox, Ke'Andre Millers in Wisconsin right now. He can come up. Uh, they had a lot of good pieces. So I get why they're not as uh, prudent when it comes to defensemen. But still, I think this is a bad trade. Yeah, it's it's one I'm not a fan of, one I won't get behind. All right, Chase, uh, another trade that I'm not a fan of, uh, I'm not sure about you, uh, this is with our Tampa Bay Lightning. Uh, we traded our first-round pick and Anthony Greco over to San Jose for Barclay Gaudreau and a third-round pick. Yeah, this this one was something. It, it's definitely a lot of value. But you gotta remember, try to think of it this way: that this Tampa first-round pick should be no better than like 27 in, in the first round. So that's pretty much a second-round pick at the end of the day. Uh, it's you know it, it's a bit to give up. Getting the third-round pick back definitely helps. At first, when I saw Barkley Goodrow for a first before the third-round pick was even mentioned, I'm like, are, are you shitting me? Like that, that was my only reaction. Uh, but now that like now that you see that there's a third in there, it's it's a little more reasonable. Uh, you know, it's it's a good it's 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 like a it's a good move to add a guy like Barkley Goodrow. It's a you know, it's tough giving up a first for that. Uh, you know, he he's gonna come and he's gonna be cheap help, but it's so it's it's a little weird. I, I don't feel as bad about it knowing that the third is in there, uh, than I did at first when I thought it was just the first. I agree with you, but I still don't like it. Uh I don't know. Barkley Goodrow is a fourth liner at best, in my opinion, on this Tampa roster. Uh, the one positive, though, in the game against Toronto, Barclay Goudreau had an assist. He's got one point so far with the Tampa Bay Lightning. That's something Blake Coleman cannot say. So still a little bit. I know Chase was okay with the Blake Coleman trade. I was a little more negative about it. So uh, I'm kind of negative on both of these trades. Hopefully it works out. They need to win a Stanley Cup. Once they win the Stanley Cup, I'll totally forget about these trades. That's completely fine. Yeah, exactly. And one thing I do want to mention. So remember, say this Tampa pick is, at, you know, at the best case for San Jose, it's 27. And this third-round pick for San Jose, we'll say it finishes like 
eighth in so it's like pick eight the, in third round. The problem is it's Philly's pick. Oh, it's Philly's pick. Good call. Yeah, it's Philly's third. See that. So uh, if I mean that that's still a borderline playoff team. So we'll 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 say it's like we'll say it's like pick like fifteen in the third round. So that makes it pick seventy nine. So twenty seven to seventy nine is like a decent gap, but it's not like it's like absolutely huge. Like especially at that point. So this first round, there's a lot of super talented guys in the top half and get, like like spilling over into I guess really the top like two thirds I would say. Uh, then as you start getting a little bit later, starts getting a little more diluted. There's a lot of pretty even talent from like the 25 to like 70 range. So I don't think it's too big of like a difference. Like it, it's a difference. But I don't think it's as bad as it's as it seems. Honestly, I think it's big just because Chase and I uh, we did a mock draft and we had John Jason Paterica coming to Tampa and we had uh, who was the defenseman we had coming. Jeremy Poirier, I love, I, I yeah. love that mock draft. That that, that like, was great. We could have had those two guys, but instead we got Barclay Gaudron, Blake Coleman. <laughs> I don't know. You, you got to make the push to win the cup when you're in that frame. And if they didn't do that, that could have meant the can for John Cooper and the can for Julian Breezeball already. Yeah, we do. All right, next up we talk about Kristen Jews going from the Capitals over to the Anaheim Ducks. On the way back, Daniel Sprawn. Uh, Daniel Sprawn on his third team here trying to figure it out yeah a young guy who hasn't really got right footing i think pittsburgh kind of screwed him playing him in the nhl at 18 years old i think it kind of was shell shocking for him wasn't ready uh so he you know he went back to junior didn't really like he, he played well but i i thought they should send the junior let him dominate for at least another year maybe two completely don't even bother playing him in the nhl so i think it kind of shell shocked him he hasn't really been able to bounce back he hasn't really put it together uh capitals are going to be his third team they're a team where he can probably afford to make like a, f- a few more mistakes offensively because of like the stronger support defensively and the stronger like guys are going to be around him. Where if you're making mistakes in Anaheim, if you're playing in the NHL, you know it's likely to lead to a goal because there's less strength around him. So may- maybe it'll be a good place for him. Yeah, and the last two trades we're going to talk about here, Chase, because we're running a bit long. Uh, first, we got Nick Cousins going to the Golden Knights for a fourth-round pick. That goes back to Montreal. Um a good depth move for Vegas, in my opinion. Yeah, I, I agree. It, it just it creates a guy who can slot into really any spot in your lineup if you really need him to, um, and it didn't have to go too much of a price. Exactly. And then last but not least, Calgary Flames, they acquire Eric Gustafson from the Chicago Blackhawks, and going back to Chicago is a 2020 third-round pick, and they will have the earlier of Calgary's two third-round picks in 2020. Yeah, so Gustafson's he, he's still he's still a solid player. He's still having like a solid year. He's not having as monster of a year as he did uh, the prior season though, where he just exploded offensively. But a, a third round pick for a guy like him, I think, is pretty good value. Yeah, I agree. I like Eric Gustafson, and I think he will definitely help Calgary as they push for that playoff spot. All right, Chase, that's it for the trade deadline talk. Let's now uh, we don't really have to go over our poll results. I mean, our poll was: Do you think they should make Tampa should make another move? Uh, I'm assuming majority was yes. It was 58 to 42 percent. Okay, I mean, I get the 42% saying, you know, this team is already extremely talented. We honestly don't need to make another move. Uh, we go out, get Bogosian, get Barkley Gaudreau. Uh, like the Bogosian, uh, Gaudreau kind of, uh, we'll see what happens there. Uh, but now we have a new poll, Chase. Yes, we do. The new poll that will be posted in correlation with this episode, it was nice and simple. 
great uh, Tampa Bay's deadline moves. So we'll have four options. Uh, I'll, we'll do a letter grade. So we'll do A, B, C, and then we'll do like a D slash F for the final one because I don't like I don't if I, if you're gonna put him at a D, you might as well put him at an F as a contending team. So uh, we'll we'll do A, B, C, and then D slash F. Uh, just click one. Give us a reason why you think you gave that letter grade. Let us know what letter grade you gave. Uh, we'll have that ready for you when the show comes out. Yeah, and make sure that you remember you got both the Blake Coleman trade in there, Barkley Gaudreau trade in there, and the Zach Bogosian signing. We want to couple all three of those in the deadline move uh, category. So let us know what you guys think. Go ahead, give it a vote. Let us know exactly why. Uh, all right, Chase, that's it. Uh, now we do hockey name of the day, and then we'll end it with an outro. Sounds so fancy. This is quite the name. You've got Gunner Wolf Fortnite. No, I'm just kidding. Gunner Wolf Fontaine. Yes, sir. Our boy Gunner Wolf is an American who, you know, he's 19 right now. He's a September 16th, 2000 birthday. So last year was his first year of draft eligibility being a day late. So he was the oldest player in his draft class. I didn't really wow offensively last year playing in the ushl 43 points for 60 games which is still nice but not really good enough to get drafted when you're considered one of the older players he's having a better year this year in the ushl 53 points to 40 games he's a guy who has a chance to be a later round pick this upcoming draft uh he's got decent size 510 176 like you you want someone bigger but he, he provides a good amount of speed a good amount of offense where the size is too much of an issue uh so i would assume like, I, I would be a team, if I was, like, a GMM team, I'd be willing to take a chance on him with a, with a later round pick, 6th, 7th round pick, nothing more than that. Uh, but he will be going to Northeastern next year, so even if he doesn't get drafted, he can still impress there and then earn a contract after he graduates college. Yeah, for sure, and it's a very cool name, Gunner Wolf, very unique. Uh, you, you're not going to see that around every day. But, all right, but that's uh, the end of Hockey Name of the Day, so Chase, why don't we uh, give him an outro? Yes, sir. So we want, to appreciate, we want to thank you all for listening. We appreciate you listening. If you could become a patron on Patreon, we'd really appreciate it. You can start as low as a dollar, move up from there, different prize levels uh, at different price amounts. So if you could do that, we'd really appreciate it. Uh, if you'd like to follow us on Twitter, at Bolts Broadcast, that's at Bolts Broadcast. That would be swell. If you want to follow the Hockey Podcast Network on Twitter, at HockeyPodNet, that is at HockeyPodNet. Make sure to get in on their giveaways. They're nice and easy to join in. You just got to retweet, and you're just boom, nice, nice, easy, good to go. Make sure to check out the hockeypodcastnetwork.com. You can find all 31 teams' podcasts right on there. Boom, you just click on the podcast logo. It takes you right to the SoundCloud link. You can listen to the most recent episodes just like that. Wherever you're listening, rate us five stars. Leave a comment. Uh, you know, sign us for questions on Twitter. You can DM us. You can email us. You can just tweet at us. You can write me a World War One style letter about your time in the trenches, and you just really are dying to know my opinions on the Blake Coleman trade even more in detail as you're sitting in those trenches. Uh, however you want to reach out to us, you know, we'd appreciate it. Hope that all made sense. It didn't make sense to me. That was, that was the point. Uh, okay. Uh, yeah. So thanks so much for listening guys. Uh, we appreciate you coming by, giving us a listen. Uh, like Chase said, just be interactive with us if you can. And if you want to makes it more fun for us, hopefully makes it more fun for you guys as well. All right, that's it for the episode. Thanks so much, and we'll talk to you later.